0: To Nerds of the Round Table, a podcast on a quest for quality pop culture. I'm Jamie. I'm
1: Sammy. I'm Dwayne. I'm and, Lucas. And the voice you heard there was my son Lucas. We are here tonight Blue. to bring balance back to the force, to <laughs> even out the universe. Um, <laughs> Alton, my other son, was with us for the review of Detective Pikachu. Lucas be. informed me of what an injustice that was. So to set straight <laughs> up, we are reviewing tonight the Disney classic. Guys, I had this pegged much earlier. This is 1981, Disney mm-hmm. classic. Lucas, what are we reviewing?
2: Fox and the Hound.
0: That's right. That's
1: right. That's right, the Fox and the Hound. But before we review the Fox and the Hound, I think it's time to keep it 100 it's time to keep it 100. 100. 100. 100. Alrighty, and I am first out the gate. Now my keeping it 100 is a video game this week. We've we've had a birthday party, so a few new video games have been introduced into the collection. Now we have a Nintendo Switch, so Nintendo Labo. It is a ton of fun if yeah, you we ever got it.
2: We were working on one last night. Yeah,
1: we were working on one last night. And what it is, you come in this big box and you get different things. And there's all kinds oh, of different maybe. parts in it, and you build stuff out of these cardboard things, mm-hmm. and you play games on it mm-hmm. with it. And it's like right now we're building a gas pedal for a Jeep racing game. So mm-hmm. how cool is that? Nintendo Labo, for my keeping at one hundred, Lucas. You're up for your keeping it 100. Do you remember what My you want to talk keeping
2: about? keeping it 100 is the new Mario Maker 2, two game.
1: Okay. Cool. Tell me something cool. about
2: it. You can just like play like the Goombas and stuff wherever you want. And like you get every power up in the Mario games. Like you get to do the 3D version, the 2D version. Sammy?
3: <laughs> All right. So for my Keep It at 100 this week, I'm going to pitch a book, I Am C3PO by Anthony Daniels. Uh, this autobiography focuses squarely on Daniel's time as part of the Star Wars universe. Uh, Along with anecdotes about filming, you get so many discussions about um, those pieces of classic Star Wars that none of us think about, like the Star Wars Holiday Special, Jamie. Um, Also, Christmas in the Stars, the LP, which was John Bon Jovi's first recorded piece of music, by the way. Um, I learned that in the book. So, uh, but... Basically, readers get an idea of what it was like to be the actor behind the icon, and the icon took a lot of the front, where the actor took a lot of the back end of stuff. So he shares a little bit of that and his feelings. So it's pretty cool. So uh, it's definitely a different insight to the Star Wars universe. Uh, so if you're deaf into this, and I know a lot of our fans are, I would definitely check out. I am C three PO. By Anthony Daniels. And that's my keeping at 100.
1: Interesting. Hey, uh, Sammy, what do you get a Wookiee for Christmas? (laughs) If he already has a comb.
0: If he already has a comb, exactly.
1: (laughs) Okay, Jamie, you're up, my
0: man. All right. Well, um, I've decided to to roll with a theme we've got going on tonight. And I'm going to pitch a kid's show that I love. It's called Voltron Legendary Defender. And it's the new Voltron show on Netflix that wrapped up recently. And me and my kids, we had gotten through the next to last season. And we didn't catch the last season when it came out. So we started back to the beginning. We're plowing through. Um, and it's just a really fun show. It's, a, it's got a great sense of humor. It's a lot of fun. I love especially the bickering between the Paladins. The pseudo rivalry between Lance and Keith. Um and and despite the fact that some of the humor is very very clearly pitched for younger kids, this, the, the storytelling is quite sophisticated. Um, there's a big overarching plot that spans the entire series. There's season-long plots that you know carry, that kind of pull you through episode to episode. And there's a couple of really moving, like one-shot episodes. Um, the animation is 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 an interesting thing. It's not quite Spider Verse, you know, differences, but like the characters themselves are anime style. Whereas the space and spaceships and the the vehicles and stuff are all really great looking, like CGI. I mean, it's a really interesting style. Um, love the characters are really likable or hateable. Like ones you're supposed to hate, you really hate. <laughs>
1: um,
0: but it's just a it's a fun show, and it's got kind of a Pixar vibe. There's there's a lot there for the kids, and there's a lot of you know in depth storytelling for the adults watching the show as well. So with uh, so with what we're reviewing and who we're reviewing it with, I decided to go with a kids show. Voltron, Legendary Defenders, my keeping it 100.
1: We are to talk about The Fox and the Hound. 1981, a modern classic of Disney animation. A lot of, uh, you know, recognizable names. A little bit of New Blood. I know we have uh, Jamie's favorite, Mr. Kurt Russell. I know we have a Disney classic, uh, Mickey Rooney. Uh, Grandpa Joe himself, Jack Albertson is in this, and a whole <laughs> cast of these classic Disney voice actors. First out the gate on our thoughts and grades. Lucas, can you tell me your grade and your thought
0: for this movie?
2: My grade is an A. It's an okay. A plus. All I have to say is the animals.
0: Sammy, you're, you're next out of the shoot. What you got, bud?
3: Okay, you know, The Fox and the Hound is one of those movies that I haven't seen in years. Uh, I was joking with Dwayne before we started. Um, The last time I think I saw it was on VHS, huge clamshell edition, uh, which he showed me before we started. Uh, So, you know, and I think in a world where everything is digital animation now, it was kind of cool to go back be some classic disney animation so it was kind of fun to see that uh, i think there's a texture to the old older animation that just is so spectacular um, you know, I've got just a few little issues with that, but we'll get into that later. There's a section for that. Um, but it is just, it's classic. And, and just like everything Disney, there are layers. There's some stuff in here that's that's definitely that the adults pick up on. And there's things that that are just for the kids. Uh, plus, we get some early animation work by Tim Burton. So, I'm all for it. Uh, but, so, my grade, I'm going to go A minus and that's just because a few issues I'm going to pull in later. So,
0: all right. Uh, well, I'm next, and um, I've never seen. I, I'm not going to say that I, I have a. I don't have the best memory in the world. I have no memory of ever seeing this movie. Before. I'm like I'm like Gandalf in the mines. You know, I have no memory of this place. <laughs> uh, but I've I really enjoyed it, and and old old school Disney is really hit and miss with me. Um, some of it I dig, and some of it I would rather be somewhere else. Um, But I found this to be a really heartwarming movie. Um, You know, it was highlighting the joys of friendship. Also, none of the dogs die. So it's probably John Wick's favorite movie. Um, (laughs) So so I'd never seen this as a kid, but I wish I had. Um, I think this really would have resonated with young Jamie. Um, So I'm going to go A. Uh, For what this thing was designed to be and what its goals were to accomplish, I think it nailed them hard. So solid A here. Awesome.
1: Okay, and I am last up. Uh, I'm I'm very close to where Jamie is uh, with that. You know, classic Disney is very hit or miss. It's it's either really great or just enough of a miss to 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 really draw me out of it. This this is a classic. It does have those huge overarching themes of friendships. Even in our current climate, you can look at some things, you know, with learned behaviors and relationships and how that pans out. You know, the fox, you know, relationship with the hound early on. And as you know, they're they're they grow, they, they grow apart and they have different things to get into. You know, this is a true classic, but it doesn't quite stick the landing for me. You know all, it's it's very heartwarming it it really brings a smile to my face all the time but it doesn't quite stick the landing but i'm going to give this a solid b this is well above average for an animation and the and the heart is there but it's just not sticking it
0: okay <laughs> <laughs> all right well guys it's it's getting pretty warm in here let me get my fan out
1: Graphically novel. Three brothers tackle a different graphic novel each week. Listen as the brothers fugate discuss classic and not so classic graphic novels. Subscribe now on your podcast feed of choice. Graphically novel. Three brothers who like each other but love comics. All right.
0: I'm, I'm trying. I, I don't say say, your first advocate with your fan. What do you got, bud?
3: Okay, you know, I think the strongest
0: element of the fox and the hound is the story,
3: because there's just so many layers to this that when you start breaking it down, it's almost like it's this morality play. It's nature versus nurture. It's the innocence of childhood. It's the idea of taking Todd and Copper, who are are natural enemies, and try to basically putting them into these two different environments that because of the environment, they change. So, they both have to be taught. You know, Copper has to be taught to be a hunting dog. Todd has to learn to be a wild animal. So, it's that nature versus nurture, and that's when it gets so deep into that. I just think it gets really interesting when you think about it's an animated feature for you know kids essentially and that's that's something i think disney does well uh, and i think in the end the fact that it's just it's their friendship that that really saves them both mm-hmm. and so we we get these strong characters but this story it, it is a complex story and i think it just shows how truly talented disney's writers and animators have been and can be so that, i think that's my biggest fan is the story itself
1: yeah okay
0: there was Jamie, struggles you're... with that in the 80s. Um, <laughs> uh, so uh, my, my fan for this one is just the... Sammy, already stole my thunder a little bit. I'm going to go to animation style. Um, I hadn't seen an old school, you know, hand-drawn, cell animation style movie in a long time. And as those opening credits are, I felt this smile spreading across my face and this warm feeling came over me. And it was like being a kid again, you know? And... it was just, I know it it wasn't pure nostalgia because this is a beautiful movie. But Sammy's right. there's a different texture to it. It's a different Mm -hmm. look and feel to the older style things. And I enjoy the new, I enjoy the computer animated movies. I I mean, Pixar's awesome. Um, Yeah. I love the Lego movie. Big Hero 6 is one of my favorite movies of all time. Um, But, but there's, I think, I just think there's a, there's still a place for this style of animation. Um, And I would like to see and I know they're more time-consuming and probably more expensive, I guess. But, um, but there's just there's, there's 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 a charm to this to this style of animation that some of the new movies lack. They just feel kind of sterile. Um, whereas there's there's just something warm and, and lush. I'm I'm grasping for words here. I'm just I, I was just I'm kind of just blown away by how beautiful this movie looked and how different yeah. it was from all the animated movies i would seen recently. So yeah, the animation mm-hmm. style is my thing.
1: Yeah, it was beautifully animated, you know, for the for that style. And Jamie, I think what you're getting at there is a little bit of the nostalgia, you know, that that that, that friendship and that warmth brings to it. Uh, and that's my fan is, you know, it explores the meaning of friendship. It explores what it what it truly means. You know, there can be separation of years, there can be separation of points in view, but friendship surpasses all of that. So. Okay, Lucas, what's It reminded your thing?
2: me of of being with Eli every day at school, like hang with him at recess.
1: Yeah, so it reminded you of the, the the meanings of friendship and what friendship was all about. Okay, sweet. Yeah, so I think that's the heart of this movie—is you know that 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 heart of friendship and what that's all about. Well, let's yeah, dip fun. over to Widow Tweed's house. And see what kind of pans she has in the
0: kitchen. <laughs> That's good. I like that. Um, so I I have the privilege, I guess, of going first on this one. Um, I, I had such a good time with this. I feel bad even doing a pan. It's just such a, a cute, lovable movie that I feel bad even criticizing it, but. Uh, so all I've got, and it's definitely a nitpick, is it felt like some of the side characters weren't very well utilized. I mean, I, I think the story with um, Vixie, I mean, it was one of the weaker subplots. I mean, it didn't feel like it really much, much went anywhere. I mean, who doesn't love Sandy Duncan? Sandy Duncan makes the spring shot. I mean, I, it's hard to get mad yeah. about that, but, but they didn't do much with it. It didn't feel like it went as much as it needed to go. Um the stuff with the birds and the worm were was entertaining enough, but it kind of felt like they'd worked like this short they had made and tried tried to, you know, weave it into a, a different movie. Like it felt like a separate thing. I feel like it could have been integrated more into the overall plot. So it's just a couple little nitpicks with the side characters. It felt like they weren't, you know, weaved in as much as they should have been. And things didn't go where they needed to go. That's all I got.
1: Yeah, there's really not a lot to to pan in this movie. Um, I, I would have liked to have seen more time with uh, with Todd and and Copper's pups. Uh, you know them them playing them playing tag, hide and seek. You know that was just so heartwarming and so much fun. But that's one of the things I would like to see and explore a little bit more is just some of their time as youngsters. That was to me one of the highlights of the movie. Mm-hmm. Lucas. It's time for your pen. So, what did you not like about Fox and the Hound? I what?
2: didn't like the man hunting.
1: Sam, you are up last in our pens. All right.
2: You know, I, and I guess I'm, I'm kind of on board
3: with with Jamie here. You know, even though you know a lot of the the side characters were funny. You know, Boomer and was it Tinky? I think we're were the two birds, even though, even though they were, they were funny and they cracked me up and and there's some awards coming to, to them also. But um, I just felt like it, it almost felt like a side story and we could have gotten more taught in copper as pups. If we didn't have those breaks for them chasing squeaks, you know, that kind of thing. (laughs) So, you know, it almost broke the narrative in those places. So, and I think that's probably what, like I said, my biggest pan.
1: Okay. Any last thoughts on pans before we, before we continue on? Okay. Well, let's um, go to the farmer's mantle. Maybe take down some of those furs and put up some real awards. Welcome back to Nerds of the Round Table. Now, guys, we've fanned, we've panned, we've thought and graded, we've kept it 100. So now we're at the mantelpiece. We have our hammer and our stack of awards. And I get to go first with best performance. And I'm going to stick this one to a Mr. Classic Disney himself, Copper the Hound Dog, Mr. Kurt. Russell, he played <laughs> such a duality. Uh, you know, he, he, he had he wanted to love copper. He wanted to please his master. He wanted to serve his purpose being a hunting dog. He also wanted to serve his purpose of being a good friend. So that's uh, I'm sticking it, and and so I know Jamie won't be mad at me. Also, I had to give the word to Kurt Russell. <laughs>
0: I'm glad somebody did. <laughs> Well, I'm going to swerve a little bit. I'm going to I'm going I'm going to cheat. I'm going to do the the Dwayne uh, bending of the rules here. Um, I'm going to go with both of the young voice actors. Um, we we've all talked about um, child actors, and you know sometimes it's rough, and we don't criticize because they are very young. Uh, but both these kids nailed it, and and they both went on to be you know actors. You know as they aged. they were both in a lot of memorable things in the '80s. But here they were very young and they were cute and adorable. Before they were Corey Feldman and they're the cutest name I can't remember because I didn't write it down. Um, <laughs> but but he but he was the jerk friend of in and babysitting. So <laughs> that's who the other kid was. But they were they were both just perfectly suited to the adorable level those little puppies needed, and it was it just worked so well. So I wanted to highlight them. Both. Yeah, yeah.
1: Lucas, what do you have for your first award of your best performance? Who did you like? As the best performance in this,
2: I like the fox.
1: Sam, what do you have You're for nice. this?
3: <laughs> All right, so so I swerved away from the main characters, and I went with Paul Winchell as Boomer. <laughs> okay,
1: the woodpecker. You know,
3: yes, <laughs> Paul Winchell has such an amazing resume as a voice actor. And he he just works so well for this. And because, I mean, that trademark laugh, you know, without that trademark laugh, we wouldn't have Boomer. But we also wouldn't have Tigger. <laughs> you know, we wouldn't have it and we needed it. So I'm going Paul Widgell Boomer.
1: <laughs> okay. All righty. Well, next up, we have our favorite scene in the movie. Lucas, I think you have more than one. Oh, okay. What 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 was going on that that really made it, brought a smile to your face whenever it was happening on the screen?
2: I actually liked the fox running from the man hunting it, like with Baby Todd. Like I actually liked that part.
1: You like seeing the foxes run? Yeah, that was really cute. That was really cute. That and hey, pretty cute. intense. Mm-hmm. yeah now the scene that he's he's naming there the hunting scene was pretty tough yeah i'm surprised we picked that one i really am and um, i'm gonna go ahead and jump in here with another pretty intense scene too i'm not i'm not uh, saying this was my favorite scene of the movie but this was when it really got kind of dusty <clears throat> was when <clears throat> excuse me okay, <clears throat> was when, excuse me here. Keep it again, keep it, okay. give. Yeah. it was when Widow, It's okay, it's okay. When, uh, when Widow Tweed was dropping um, Todd off, uh, you know, taking taking the collar, turning him loose into the wild after his encounter with the hunter there and the hunter's threats, you know, she was afraid of his safety in that area. Uh, that really, really had some weight.
3: You know, I think anybody who's a pet owner, and and if you have that bond with a pet, especially a dog, that that just tear that could tear you up quick.
0: So. I was just mad at her. I was like I wouldn't take my pet, and drop it off. I'm keeping it. <laughs> I'm just I'm just putting the hunter in his place. Just <laughs> some hunting of my own. Well,
3: well you, you know, for me, you were talking about uh, that. A scene that was tense, uh, with with the the mother fox and stuff. I thought another tense scene though that I liked was the battle with the bear. I mean, that was an intense piece of, of It was exciting. It was scary almost, and the choreography of of that animation was just amazing. Um, you know, and and it gives us that that motivation that we need to get to our resolution between
0: Todd and Copper, I think. And it really came out of the blue. Like I was not expecting that bear to show like, I was. Oh really
3: yeah. Surprised. I mean, th- that bear took up the screen. I mean, it was, it was massive in the way that they presented it. And that made it all the more intense and exciting and just
0: looming. Uh, well, um, I'll I'll wrap up this this award um, with my best scene, which is at the very end when the hunter has trapped Todd and is about to uh, finish him off. And Todd goes and stands. I'm saying that backwards. When Copper stands over Todd and Mm -hmm. saves his life. And after all that they had been through and as as all the the twists and turns relationship has taken, that Copper is now saving Todd and willing to sacrifice his life for his friend. That was just a really powerful moment to me. And so that, that's my best scene. all right All uh, right. Our next award is best character. And Sammy, uh, who you got?
3: All right. I just had fun with this tonight, guys. I really did. I loved Squeaks the Caterpillar. Okay. <laughs> Now, now, remember, I said that, that these little little vignettes took away from the story, but that doesn't mean that I don't like the characters, right? <laughs> Plus, in a story like this, Squeaks is the literal symbol of the movie, the metamorphosis, the change. the So it's the perfect image, this caterpillar to butterfly, for what I think this movie kind of lays down. You know, see, it's comic relief, but I I think it's got a symbolism to it also. And that's
0: why I like Squeaks. Well, I'm going to be Captain Obvious. I'm going to go with Todd. I just, I love that little guy. And it's not just because Kurt Russell was saying his lines. It didn't hurt, but it's not just that. (laughs) But I just I really identified with him. I mean, you know, he was a good-hearted little guy. But, I mean, he was the weird one, right? He was the one that was sort of the wild animal in the midst of all these uh you know normally domesticated animals and he was the one that didn't fit into the world with the hunters and the hound dogs he just kind of you know didn't fit in and i just like man i remember that i remember being that kid I, it wasn't fun was it i hope he wins nope. i hope this goes well for him i need it to go well for him so i just i just identified with him and i just it's just a great little character right
2: here
1: yeah um lucas What's your favorite Mine character?
2: Mine Todd. So, like another support for you. Little baby Todd. Little
1: baby Todd. The little Aww. baby puppy fox. We are a fan of the puppies here. Um, but yeah, I, I agree. Um, that's my favorite character too, is Todd. He really is the heart of the movie. He really, uh, you know, without his, you know, hope and, and earnestness there and, you know, maintaining for the friendship. You know, that that is what really makes that happen.
0: I I think to me that the scene that nailed that is when, after everything they'd been through, and as as Culper was, you know, had turned on him, was coming after him, that he never gave up on him. It was just Mm -hmm. such a powerful little character moment. I just, I really liked that. Yep.
3: Yep. Agree completely. (laughs)
1: Here we go. Well,
0: our our next award is best quote, and I get to go first. And Sammy once again stole my thunder a little bit, um, and so and so I threw some shade and so <laughs> to cover it a little. Um, but it's it's the moment when the widow drops off, uh, Todd. Um, and so there's there's a line she says here. She says, "We met, it seems, such a short time ago. You looked at me, needing me so. Yet from your sadness, our happiness grew. Then I found out I need you too." I remember how we used to play. I recall those rainy days, the fires glowed that kept us warm, and now I find we're both alone. Goodbye I may seem forever; farewell is like the end. But in my heart's a memory, and there you'll always be. It was just, you know, my big gruff man heart kind of melted a little bit. Yep. Yeah, yeah. And, and if I and if I'd seen this as a young Jamie, not old, you know, jaded Jamie, <laughs> it would have it would have been more than dusty in the room.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that, that like I said, that was a very dusty scene.
0: Was Lucas. it you? Yeah, it was you, not Sammy. I'm sorry. I threw yeah. shade at Sammy for no reason just now.
3: She <laughs> <laughs> always it. deserves it's it. It's okay. That's right. That's right. I deserve <laughs> yeah. for something.
1: Lucas. Sorry. There's a there's a line in this movie that you really like. There's a thing that they're called. What is it? Whippersnapper. <laughs> His quote is whippersnapper. <laughs> 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 yeah, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna I'm gonna follow that up with another heartfelt uh, quote. And That's when Todd is talking about you know remaining friends with uh, Coop or Copper mm. as he's going off, and Big Mama says, "Darling, forever is a long, long time, and time has a way of changing things." And that is a lot of wisdom, and, you know, as as there is in these we Disney want, movies. There's lots I of layers. In the wisdom. Yeah.
2: There's a lot of wisdom right there.
1: There's a lot of wisdom right there.
3: <laughs> yeah, that's true. And, and, and actually, Dwayne, I'm going to agree with you completely because that was my quote also. Um, and delivered so perfectly by Pearl Bailey, you know, jazz singer, you know, mm. the, the the whole nine, just an amazing talent in general. But, but just, you know, that idea that she's been around for a while, she's seen things. She knows things change. And for her to deliver that line, you know, there, there was a lot of, of wisdom and, and, you know, followed up by what, what was it? Um, lack, lack of education leads to elimination. Was that? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> that <laughs> was my backup. <laughs> yeah,
1: that's, that's a good little, run too. Yeah, that's a good so, little
3: so, run too. So, I mean, big mama knows her stuff, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, as we've alluded to already, there's a ton of humor throughout this movie. Uh, We're coming into our episode-specific awards, and I would like to, uh, hats off to Jamie. He really, I think, get it out of the park with these. And uh, this first one I get the honor of going is The Biggest Laugh. And, you know, there's a lot of comedic relief in here. There's these little side characters. But I swear, you know, I know we've thrown some shade at The Hunter. And you know Jack Albertson, Grandpa Joe. I mean, he deserves some shade being thrown at him. He doesn't. You know, he he lays in the bed for 30 <laughs> years, lets his family fall into decrepitude, <laughs> and he only gets out of bed when they get the golden ticket. You know, so uh, you know, there's there's an opportunity if I've ever seen one. But any time he's talking about that woman, <laughs> that meddling female, that blasted woman. You know, talking about Widow Tweed and and how they finally, you know, kind of wound up together at the end. Uh, uh, I, I was I was just cracking up every time he was he was uh, doing that. Lucas, I'd like for you to go next on your biggest laugh. When when did you smile and laugh the most? It
2: was in the, in the baby fox Todd was yawning in the movie.
0: <laughs> that was really cute.
1: Some cuteness mm-hmm. overload right there, guys.
0: Yeah, <laughs> totally.
1: <laughs> okay.
0: Well, mine, mine was one of those side moments that I criticized a little bit. Um, but it was when the woodpecker, I can't remember that. Boomer was the woodpecker, right? Boomer. Mm-hmm. But it's when Boomer gets the worm trapped inside that glass thing on top of the light pole. <laughs> and, <laughs> and takes it. And they all get electrocuted. I yeah. know it's duperable, but, but I laugh so hard. Will-
2: he barely even gets electrocuted. All he does is glow.
3: <laughs> well, you know, I, I think we, we've alluded to, to Boomer and Dinky as, as being very much comic relief in this movie. And there were a lot of those types of scenes. Uh, I love the one that, that Jamie, you used. I also love when, when Boomer is knocking at Widow Tweed's door and she opens the door and smashes him against, between the door and the side of the house. I laughed out loud with his beak <laughs> sticking through the door. <laughs> I mean, it's like classic Tom and Jerry humor, you know. That, that's yeah. what kind of gets me there.
0: So, can I can I mention a, a close runner-up I had? I just yeah. want to mention it. the the fishing scene where he was trying to show off. That, yeah. was, that, <laughs> that was, was really good. funny.
1: Yeah, when trying to <laughs> show off for Vixie. Yeah, that was yeah. cute. Uh-huh. Alrighty, well, our last episode-specific award is our best best friend moment. And, you know, Lucas, you've already alluded to your best best friend and, and, and getting to see him at school and play and things. So what is your best best friend moment in this movie? What made you happy for that?
2: It was Todd and Copper playing tag.
1: Comper and Todd playing tag. That was a ton of fun. It was really cute. And that really brought back a lot of memories for me. And Lucas, you stole mine. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: (laughs) So, uh, Jamie and Sam, I I did did have a second runner-up because I was present when he made that one. So, I I do have a second runner-up. But, Jamie, why don't you follow up on that?
0: Mine is very close to his. It was such a sweet moment. I think I've got a cavity. But it's when they play hide-and-seek.
2: Oh, I remember
0: that one. That was so just. I mean, it was so cute and so adorable. Uh, I I love that little moment. Yeah. Well, Lucas stole Dwayne. You stole mine. <laughs> <laughs> I
3: love I love the hide and seek scene yeah. just because Copper's sniffing him out. Following him around, I mean, it's just—it's
0: adorable. I mean, it really is. And so. I love that Todd does the little kid thing of hiding out in the open.
2: <laughs> like he's,
3: yeah, yeah.
0: Just, yeah, I love
2: that. Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. yeah, that
1: yeah really
3: he's he's got Drax syndrome. So he's like Drax.
1: <laughs> if he stands too long, enough, I say,
3: you can't see me.
0: <laughs> well unfortunately he was hiding from a hound dog so he could smell
1: he could smell him <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty sure you could probably smell drex <laughs> well i am going to go a little bit more of a of a serious moment on this and you know and i love their interaction they're playing and you know that was one thing i wanted some more in this movie but um at the end when copper defends Todd from the hunter Mm -hmm. and he stands his ground over him. And he's like, you know, you're not going to shoot. You gonna have to shoot through me. And, you know, he's, he's acknowledging the friendship. He's acknowledging the sacrifices that they've both made, the hardships. And, you know, that really, you know, drove, uh, you know, that in spite of that, you know, I love that, but the movie still didn't stick the landing, but that was my, Favorite scene there. But you know, a friend to the end. A friend we were hopefully going to get a movie with his friend. But it got delayed. Keanu Reeves. Bill or Where, oh where. Jamie, did you need a hound dog to sniff out the Keanu connection this week?
0: <laughs> okay, uh, you'll you'll get an idea of how, uh, how hard this was. Okay, here we go. I have a prepared statement this time. When I came across a credit for this movie called Negative Cutter, my first mental image was that of a melancholy samurai. To my utter disappointment, it was something else entirely. Now... <laughs> I had to look up the definition of what a negative <laughs> cutter was. So I'm going to read to you what that definition is. Negative cutting, also known as negative matching and negative conforming, is the process of cutting motion picture negative to match precisely the final edit as specified by the film editor. Original camera negative is cut with scissors and joined using a film splicer and film cement. Negative cutting is part of the post-production process and occurs after editing and prior to striking internegatives and release prints. I don't really know any of that means, and I certainly can't visualize it, so I'm just going to pretend this person is a depressed Viking or something. <laughs> anyway, our Keanu Connection this week is one of the two negative cutters on The Fox and the Hound. This lady has worked her strange and violent film magic on such movies as Tombstone, Grumpy Old Men, So I Married an Axe Murderer, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, The Running Man, Cobra, The Money Pit, Vision Quest, The Breakfast Club, Dune and literally hundreds more. But most importantly for our purposes, Dona Bassett was the downbeat knife fighter on Bram Stoker's Dracula. And that is, wait, she was also the goth ninja for Keanu's unscientific, but very fun, eco-action flick chain reaction. And those are the Keanu connections.
1: (gasps) Not one, but two. (laughs)
0: That's right.
1: What's the point of matching these films up? Uh, <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh goodness. Making it, well, it better. Was, <laughs> didn't know it was a thing. <laughs> well, that was
1: our Keanu connection. And <laughs> that was wonderful. Um, our fourth host uh, has left the building. <laughs> <laughs> a little a little antsy there. Um, But thank you guys so much. And and uh, his his cuteness uh, is really, you know, overshadowed by his shyness. (laughs) As much as he wanted to do it, this was really a struggle for him. But
0: uh, we watched our we watched our cutest movie, and we had our cutest episode. So it'll be all right.
1: Yeah. You know, this isn't our only hunting movie. Jamie, you have a hunting movie coming up next week.
0: Yeah, that's right. Um, we're gonna be watching The Predator, a childhood favorite of mine. Um and I you know, parenting was different in the eighties. Um, you know, you're I mean <laughs> your, your kids watch the fox and the hound. Uh I watched a lot of Arnold Schwarzenegger movies and a little bit of Stallone mixed in, but it was a lot of Arnold. <laughs> a lot of Arnold. And uh, Predator is my favorite. And it's just a really tense action movie and it's it's, I mean, it's a big, dumb 80s action with a lot of sci-fi mixed in, which is a fun mix. And I really like
1: it. Which is always fun. Yeah. Um, I don't quite know where this is streaming possibly for free. I do uh, know that I had uh, obtained a copy from the local Walmarts uh, from the value section. So uh, good luck on finding a copy of this. I may have to spend a few bucks on a rental if it's not on your shelf. So let's see if Jamie can find us a location here.
0: My Google foo is strong. Let's see. Uh, <laughs> looks like it's on Hulu.
1: On Hulu. Okay. okay. Great. So if you have Disney Plus, hopefully you are taking advantage of the Hulu bundle uh, that you can get on with that. <laughs> uh, so you can watch Fox and the Hound and the Predator. But fellas, till next week, what are we going to do?
0: We're going to keep it nerdy as we get to the chopper. <laughs> get to the chopper.